Working the angle down here has made me feel like a fat kid with the keys to the candy store. And what a feast Rapture was proven to be for a guy like me. Ryan keeps business regulation to a bare minimum. And as long as you got the scratch, you can open up any kind of business you want down here. But... It's the businesses run on the hush-hush that are more my interest. Made a tidy little profit smuggling goods down here. People get sick of eating fish, so I give them beef. People start getting homesick for a good book. <laughs> the poor suckers. It ain't been easy, though. With Ryan's security tailing me and these surveillance cameras he's installing just make things worse. But a man like me is always planning for the future. And that's exactly what this Tenenbaum gal says she's got. So, Dr. Suchong. I understand you've been working with Ryan Industries. Su Chong will work for himself. There is Su Chong Institute and Laboratories, but also contract with Ryan, yes. And Miss Tenenbaum, you're a, shall we say, a free agent. This is good description, yes. Normally, this is the point where I would say you're wondering why I've called you here. Well, I asked you two to come by because there's some big opportunity in this science stuff. And the people I got working for Ryan tell me you two are feeling frustrated. This is true. Ryan says work on anything, but as you may know, research costs money. We want to ask him for more, but Su Chong does not want to make him angry. Do not speak for me! Well now, given the right circumstances, I think the three of us could start our own little research team. Su Chong, I understand you're working on some kind of new tobacco. Not exactly. Su Chong is interested in genetics. He has found a way of making a nicotine of the sugar cane, make a nicotine of candy. Yeah, I've been reading up on this genetics business. Seems like you can make it just about anything by switching genes around. Even alter a person's genes. Make changes in people, right? Miss Tenenbaum, I hear you're buying some kind of sea slug. Ten of them? from my workers, if I'm not mistaken. I would buy more of them if I had the funding. I asked Ryan, but he brushed me off, saying maybe later. And you feel like you're almost on the verge of a breakthrough? Perhaps. Then it's something I want to invest in. the rest of the morning John with that crowd scientist. She's damaged goods all right. Just like all of those chumps they scraped out of those prison camps. But she's no crackpot. She's gonna make me the kind of scratch 
That'll have Ryan look like he's running a paper route. She just needs a few supplies to get the ball rolling and a friend to watch her back. That Suchong's a crooked piece of work, though. All he cares about is the dough to fund his research. But together, there's no telling what they can do. To think, if we could control genes, how fast the dope ages. Give him hair, stronger arms, a bigger, uh... <laughs> if we could market that to the suckers down here in this tub, well... I'll have this city tied up in my pocket with a neat little bow. When I was an officer of the NYPD, I saw my share of crime on the meatball beat in Little Italy. But the kind of stuff I've seen down here, it's just... A guy can only be so prepared. Something about the confines of this aquarium make a man desperate. And Fontaine smugglers are some of the worst. We've had a real problem with contraband material coming into Rapture, and all the fingers point to Fontaine, or at least his men. Fontaine has an annoying habit of always having clean hands and a tidy alibi. One of his thugs damn near took my head off with a wrench on the docks when I was on the tail of one of his boys. I'm just thankful that all he had was a wrench. Can't imagine what would have happened if he had had something stronger. Absurd, Tenenbaum! This discovery is very great, Mr. Fontaine, you will see. Tenenbaum, believe it that genes are the answer to everything. But to control someone's mind, to harness and condition synapses, this is much more important to Su Chong. He who controls such controls all. That's true, Doc. Conditioning is something I find real interesting. Read about it as something the Nazis were doing over in those prison camps. <clears throat> Here we see patient has very bad wound on his leg, yes? Running from the knee up the inner thigh all the way to the groin. Well, with special material harvested from the sea slugs, we will heal him. This material is like a very high concentrated form of stem cell. Unstable, but highly adaptable. Observe. That's a pretty big needle, Doc. Yes, well, it is necessary. <laughs> Maybe it not work this time. Uh, just wait. Ah, uh, see? The wound is closing. Now with only a faint scar. I call it Adam, because from Adam of myth came life for mankind. This material also brings life, destroying damaged cells and replacing them with new ones. All transferred through plasmids, another unstable material. If we can heal a man instantly, what else can we do? transform a man, a woman, anything we want. Adam presents endless possibility. Hmm. But observe. You see there? On his head, some lesions. Hardly visible. Minor side effect. And some there are much more. Your man with his miracle hands, he acts a bit strange now. And he has cancer spots on his arms, like uncontrolled cell growth. So, that's the key, huh? Those stem cell things and this... Adam. This can make the changes we discussed. Giving a man more muscle, growing hair, 
Bigger peckers for the men and bosoms for the ladies. Bigger brains for the highbrows. Precisely. You neglect to tell him that Adam requires constant re-energizing. Not a concern, Tsuchong. I have a design for such an energizer. I call it Eve. But the slug can only produce so much Adam and Eve. We find them attached to sharks and fish, so this leads us to determine that the slug acts as a parasite. We would need to find hosts for them. So, if we were to try to find, um, human hosts, then we could mass-produce the stuff? In time, yes. Suchong believed that Adam has the potential to become highly addictive. When a Suchong lived in the Philippines during the war, he made a profit from addiction selling opium to soldiers. Then you of all people, Doctor, should understand that this here Adam is a gold mine. Bill, dear, back from inspecting Rhine Amusements. Aye, an awful inspection at that. Things not working properly? No, the mechanics of it all work fine. The boys did a bang-up job with, what do they call it, audio-animatronics, moving mannequins and the like. But I'm afraid of the message they're being used to portray. The point of the attraction is to inform children of Rapture about its history, while swaying their curiosity about the surface. But Ryan's got the whole thing running like some propaganda carnival. All about how everything on the surface is out to get them. The hand of the government keeping the artists or the scientists down. And that's not an exaggeration, Ellie. Swear to God, there's a scene where a hand rips a kid out of their home so they can fight in the war for their country. Damn near scared the piss out of me. I can't imagine what it's gonna do to the children. Well, we'll just have to make sure we don't expose Sophie to that kind of thing. That's a given, but I don't worry about Sophie. It's the rest of the children I worry about. Not quite a little monster Fontaine dug up. When she speak, which is almost never, her accent is a tick and grating. Her hair is filthy, and she seems to wear the same mustard-stained jumper day after day. But I got to hand it to Frank. Tinnenbaum is the old time a diamond in the rough. No formal training, no experience, but put her in front of a gene sequence and she is a Mozart at a harpsichord. But still, sometimes I pity the little freak. Such a small imagination, content to spend her days in front of a vat of Adam tweaking and optimizing. I need to create. Adam is a canvas for genetic creation, but the prize needs are the paint. Su Chong is ready for demonstration. Probably wouldn't kill you to do a little interior decorating in here. We will add more equipment over time. Decorations are superfluous. Eventually we will even add computers. Uh, what's a computer? Like... adding machine, but a faster and smarter. Now if you will observe. 
We are injecting the subject with a substance known as Eve. It will activate the atom we have already incorporated into him. Mm -hmm. Now please, stand back. What exactly? Is We should have insulated that light bulb. Is he alright? Son of a bitch was lit up like a damn Christmas tree. He's fine. That is part of plasmid phenomenon. He emanates electricity but is not harmed by it. So how do we market this stuff? Can be used to jumpstart motors, galvanize equipment that need the power, possibly even a self-defense. The problem right now is a lack of control in test subjects, but we will be working on that. Problem lies with stem cell communication with the nervous system, but in time a man can control it, along with other powers. Power to project cold, to project heat, even move things to the power of his mind. If that's true, then Adam is the ultimate score. Adam and Eve. Fucking amazing. Yes, but to continue, we need much more. Trust me, you'll get more. So much more. Fontaine Futuristics is gonna change Rapture forever. I can feel it in my bones. Really? You feel data in the bones? It's just an expression, Doc. What I'm saying is that this is gonna be big. We're gonna move Fontaine Futuristics out of this dump and into one of the most prime places in Rapture. People are gonna see us and know that there's power behind our doors. We'll have all sorts of lavish furnishing, huge marble columns, intricate detailing, bronze and gold everywhere. What's the matter, Frank? It's this thinning hair, Jim. Every day there's less and less. You know, the problem's not in your hair, it's in your genes. Hey, I don't go in for all that new plasmid stuff. My buddy says it's not safe. Shows what your buddy knows. Go over to Fontaine Futuristics for a trial of fresh hair. Fresh hair not only gives you a full head of thick hair, but it's 100% safe. Full head of hair? And 100% safe? Maybe it's time for me to get a little fresh air. This Fontaine fellow is somebody to watch. Once he seemed just a menace to be convicted and hung, but he always manages to be where the evidence isn't. He's the most dangerous type of hoodlum, the kind with vision. You wanted to see me, Mr. Ryan? Ah, Bill, yes. Come in and have a seat, won't you? I'm just reviewing some files. I've had an investigator, oh, Stanley Poole, keep tabs on this Fontaine and his new venture, Fontaine Futuristics. Seems quite fertile with possibilities. Take a load off while I sort through this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bill. 
I get so caught up in this day-to-day business, I don't often take a look around me. How's Elaine? Grand, Mr. Ryan. Knows how to make a man happy, that one. Excellent. You know, I too plan to have a family one day. Would like to have a son to take the reins of the Empire once I'm gone. Someone to keep it thriving and build on it. Rapture is such a wonderful place for children to grow up. Don't you think? Mm. Ah, Sullivan, thank you for coming on such short notice. I have something I want you to jump on with both feet. Have you heard about this new plasmids development? Plasmids? No, sir, haven't heard anything about that. Mm. Take a look at this. Everything you always wanted to be, you can be with plasmids. The wave of the future from Fontaine Futuristics. Samples of hair grow, brain boost, sport boost, electro bolt, and brute more muscle enhancer, and watch for incinerate. Looks like our restless young rival is at it again. I want you to find out everything you can about these plasmids, as well as Fontaine Futuristics, Sullivan. Word is, he has Su Chong and that Tannenbaum working beneath him. Too good to be true, though, isn't it? I mean, something that'll give a bloke new air and teeth is bound to have side effects. I'm not really concerned with weighing down progress with a lot of testing. If people want to take their chances, then that's their prerogative. What do you think, Sullivan? Can you take this on? Mm. I've got my hands pretty full with this smuggling business. Word is Fontaine's changed his M.O., so getting arresting proof is going to be difficult. I know you can have your men arrest whoever you want, Sullivan, but we need to make sure we have solid incriminating evidence. If we arrest him without probable cause, then we are no better than the Reds. Now, that being said, I want you to shift your focus to this plasmids business. Yes, sir. I'll be sure to keep you informed. Well, it seems that Fontaine is shaping up to be my great rival here. But he will only sharpen my talent. I cannot let him come to fully dominate the marketplace in rapture. No. I may have to take action. We may have to get tough with Mr. Fontaine. What's the matter, Mary? You look like you could use a boost. I don't feel so great. I'm dizzy, I'm nauseous, and sometimes I'm even seeing things that aren't there. That's just the plasmid blues, Mary. All you need to do is slow down a bit on the splicing. Before you know it, you'll be right as rain. Remember, a smart splicer is a happy... You don't mean you spent it all, Rupert. You take that Eve back to Fontaine's. Oh, Christ, Sally, a man's got to put on a good appearance. You'll see. I gotta show him that I'm fast. Strong. I'm gonna get one that makes you smart. I wish you'd taken the one that makes you smart first. Then you wouldn't have been so stupid to have blown all our money on those goddamn plasmids. You don't need that fancy hair or those muscles. These muscles are gonna get me a job on the Atlantic Express. Word is nobody's taking the Atlantic Express anymore. Everyone is taking the tram system or the private bathospheres. Besides, they ain't gonna rehire you know-how after you went flippy on the foreman. Aw, oh, he went off the handle for no reason. You were doped up on those plasmids and you went nutso. Threw a hammer at his head! You just... you gotta get used to him. 
All the fellas are using them. Sure. And all of them are going broke, sitting there, doped off their ass, yammering to themselves. Saying there ain't no side effects either. There ain't. Just look at your face. What, never seen a pimple before? That ain't no pimple. That's skin growing where there oughtn't be any. Shut your trap and make me dinner. How's that? Shut my trap? After I bust all scrubbing floors for the stiffs up in Olympus Heights, and I come home to this dump. How do you like them apples? <laughs> apples we ain't got. You ain't even fixed the lights properly. You want me to fix the lights? Fine! Knock it off, you damn lunatic! Lunatic? What? Make you nervous there, Charlie? Ha ha ha! Sally? Sally? Shit. You know what this place is missing, Bill? Birds. Ryan brought trees and grass to the bottom of the sea. And yet we don't have birds. <laughs> right enough, love. No birds here. Plenty of bees, though, what with the silverwing apiary over by the farmer's market. There goes one of the little buggers now. Ah, Dr. Langford, good to see you. Bill, Elaine, good to see you. Looks like we need to get more sunlight down here. The junipers are browning at the edges. Uh, how's your darling little girl? Oh, just fine, oh, Julie. Oh, good, good. Uh, Bill, I'm glad I ran into you. I need to talk to you about something, about the boss. In private, if you don't mind. Uh, that's fine. Elaine? Go ahead, Bill. I'm fine here. Back in the mo, love. Well then? Sorry to drag you away from the little lady, but I need an ally, and I know you love this park. What's afoot, Julie? You know before I came down here, I worked for the U.S. government, melting away jungle and plant life to expose the Japs in the Pacific. And now I'm down here trying to do the opposite. We're going to create a second Eden down here, he says. And today, he tells me he wants to turn Arcadia into a paying tourist attraction. For Rapture residents, I mean. He wants to turn a walk in the woods into a luxury. I told him Arcadia was a public work, but you know how he feels about public ownership of anything. He tells me, is a farmer not entitled to sell his food? Is a potter not entitled to make a profit from his pots? Ah, uh, I started to argue with the man, but then I remembered who signs my checks. The only thing worse than a hypocrite is an unemployed one. But he listens to you, Bill. Would you be willing to talk to him? I can give it a shot, but I'm not sure there's much I can do. He ever tell you about his little forest fire? What? No. Well, Brian used to own a forest. Then the government claimed the land belonged to God, demanded he establish a park there. He didn't take a shine to the idea of the public rabble standing around gulping and pretending they had earned that natural beauty. Thought FDR was a bastard for trying to establish a national forest on his land, so he burned it to the ground. Not truly. True enough. So do you think he can just be talked into making anything a public property? Well, we have to try, because it doesn't stop at the park. Ryan wants to instate a surcharge for oxygen says the only reason people have air down here is because Ryan Industries provides it. Jesus! And you know what this is about, right? 
He's trying to close the gap in revenue between him and Fontaine. I'll see what I can do, but Ryan is a tough man to sell. We need more slugs. Only certain type of gastropod works for production of Adam and Eve. <sighs> we'll just have to cut back on production then. Can't we just breed the things? In time, perhaps, but it's slow process compared to demand. Better method is to increase Adam production on an individual basis per slug. This can be done if we use hosts. Hmm. Maybe we can hijack a ship and send you some sailors. We try adults, two of them. They sicken and die very quickly, all their screaming. Very irritating. But we have discovered it likes to be happy. Yeah? In children. Children? How does that work exactly? Fairly simple. We implant sea slug in lining of host's stomach. Slug bonds with cells and the two become symbiotic. Once host feeds, we induce regurgitation. Then we have 20, 30 times more yield of Adam. Exactly, uh, how did you discover this works on kids? This Chong and Tendenbaum experiment on this child. Where the hell did you get that kid? Child was sick, brain tumor. We tell parents we may be able to heal her. We attach slug and brain tumor goes away. She is healthy, and we heal her, respectively. And this one kid is gonna be able to produce the atom we need? I got saps lined up around the block to get their hands on the stuff. I was gonna stop major marketing stores. Maybe even vending machines. We will need many more children if this is your plan. And where exactly are we supposed to get them? Mail order catalog? Su Chong has not uh, seen such a catalog. Besides, no catalog is needed. We have two orphans already. Both parents killed in a plasmid attack. Both girls, right age, perfect. And it's just kids, huh? Why just girls? Child cells are more malleable, uh, more adaptable to slug. We do not know yet why it is just girls. That's just fine. One less bathroom to build at the orphanage. Orphanage? I did not know there was such a place in the rapture. Not yet. But when I front the money, we're gonna have our own veritable atom farm in the palm of our hand. I can see it now. The Little Sisters Orphanage. Money and power. Money and power, Tenenbaum. It's all low-hanging fruit right there for the plucking. A gatherer's garden. I know why it has to be children, but why just girls? This I cannot determine, but I know it is so. It is amazing to see the effect of Adam on their small bodies. Their own cells instantly replaced by new stem versions the instant they are damaged. They are practically invulnerable. It is a shame you cannot do the same thing to an adult. There would be quite market for a man you cannot kill. 
structures changing. But Ryan can't see the wolves in the woods. This Fontaine fellow, he's a crook and a proper tea leaf. But he has the atom, and that makes him the governor, sinking his profits into bigger and better plasmids, building them Fontaine poorhouses. <laughs> More like Fontaine recruiting setters. Before we know it, we're just going to have an army of splicers. And we're going to have ourselves a whole heap of miseries. Crime. Subversives. Constant maintenance. And now... What did you call them, Bill? Splicers, sir. Sort of what we've been calling them. Comes from the scientific term for gene splicing. Yes. Splicers. I called you people here because we are on the verge of social upheaval. We need to figure out what we are to do about all of this violence. As I'm sure you are all well aware, Fontaine Futuristics has become the most successful enterprise in Rapture next to Ryan Industries. Now, I am still a firm believer in loose regulation on business, and as a result, Many of Rapture's citizens have chosen to take part in Fontaine's largely untested plasmids market. I'm sorry to say that as a result, poverty and crime have been on the rise. Something I never thought we would see down here. It's not just the people, either. Reckless use of plasmids has had a direct impact on our environment. The streets are littered with empty syringes from people taken Eve in broad daylight, the waters around Fontaine Futuristics have got to be toxic, and have you seen some of the stuff these people are putting inside them? We've got blokes now calling themselves spider splicers on account of plasmids giving them the ability to climb all over the bloody walls and ceilings. As long as they do not damage Rapture property, they are in no direct violation of the law. What about the side effects plasmids are having on these people? Mr. Ryan, have you been in the streets lately? It's a goddamn nuthouse. My boys have been running ragged all over the streets of this town trying to keep up with the gunfights these lead-head bastards are starting. The answer to your question is simple, boss. We gotta ban plasmids. I know how you feel about banning products, but we got no choice. You built this place to get away from atomic power? I'm not sure these plasmids are any safer. Sullivan! I know it's been hard for you to see men lost at the hands of this stuff. But the Great Chain has a life of its own, and we can't choke it off with... regulation. Instead, I propose another solution. Ryan Industries will be moving into the plasmid business. We will make plasmids that have no side effects and are better for the consumer. Really, sir? Well, if you're serious, then we've got to regulate our plasmids business. There will be... some. Perhaps. I've been looking at a partial list of available plasmids that Sullivan has provided. Electro-bolt, incinerate... Winter Blast, Telekinesis, and then there's the multitude of gene tonics that have been particularly popular. But this teleport one concerns me. It may be devastating to our security. I have cameras set up at Rapture's only point of egress, but still... Mr. Ryan, before you pull the trigger, I want you to muse on something. 
Rapture is sturdy, but in a lot of ways, very vulnerable. She's made from glass and metal. If we have these mutated bastards running around slinging lightning and ice, then the whole house of cards might topple over. We'll get the splicers under control. In time. There have been side effects. Blindness. Insanity. Death. But, but what use is our ideology if it has not been tested? The market does not respond like an infant shrieking at the first sign of displeasure. The market is patient. And we must be too. Meanwhile, this is all part of our evolution. Just growing pains. I begged Mr. Ryan to sleep on moving into the plasmids industry, but the stupid son won't listen to reason. Instead, he's just going to splice his mob up, giving them more and tougher plasmids. There's an arms race coming in Rapture, but it's not about who can build the best guns and the biggest bombs. It's about who can become less of a man, and more of a monster. Something must be done about Fontaine. While I was busy buying buildings and fish futures, he was cornering the market on genotypes and nucleotide sequences. Rapture is transforming before my eyes. The great chain is pulling away from me. Perhaps it is time to give it a tug. Mr. Ryan? Yes, Diane. Mr. Fontaine is here to see you. Is he now? He doesn't have an appointment. You want me to tell him to go away? No. Bring him in. Very well. Uh, can I- No, Diane. You will wait outside. Fine. Normally, I require an appointment, but I've been wanting to talk to you in person. We lost some good men the last time we tried to inspect your subs. Well, it seems you're the one who needed to make an appointment. And you better next time, or you may end up with more of your constables floating face down in the water. I've told you before, the only thing outside of Rapture I'm in contact with is fish. And they sure as shit ain't spilling this bucket's secrets. Besides, I'm the one who's got a bone to pick with you, Ryan. What's this I hear about you planning to ban plasmids? You nuts! Plasmids are the most sought-after product in Rapture. You gonna deprive the people of, of their addictions? Power is addictive. What would you know about that, Ryan? We are not... We are not planning on banning all of them. But there are some plasmids I will not tolerate. Like this teleport plasmid. I understand they will not take a person very far, but if they manage to get onto a passing ship, then they compromise everything I've worked for. Rapture is the biggest thing I got going for me. You think I want to blow that any more than you do? No more smuggling. And no more teleport plasmid. 
Listen, I got my own security issues with teleport. Seems to make the saps who take it extra crazy. Oh, your own security issues. <laughs> you make it seem like you're running your own little fiefdom down here. If I do, you gave it to me by not providing the people down here with what you promised them. Everyone has a chance to earn their way here! Only parasites and slaves remain in their little dilemmas. Is that right? What exactly are you up to with this orphanage, Fontaine? Word is, you neglect the young boys almost entirely in favor of the girls. Now, if I get wind that you're using them as your little playthings... Whoa, listen, buddy. I only got taste in women my own age. I'm just trying to give back to the community. And what about that food for the poor charity you're running? <laughs> Is that for the community as well? I've known mobsters do the same thing for other reasons. Mobster? I don't have to stand for that! Look, Ryan. What I'm here for, really, is to tell you that if you leave me alone, then I'll leave you alone. All that recruiting you're speculating on won't come back to bite you in the ass if you back the fuck off! You respect strength? Then respect mine. I got six armed men outside your office and I'm leaving here now, so don't interfere with me. I won't distribute any more teleport, but I am going to be making new plasmids. And you people are going to live with them. Because I'm changing Rapture from the inside out. And no one can stop me. We can do this the easy way. Or the hard way. Everything was said all right. After my little meeting with Ryan, I was ready to move on to the next phase. Had one of my boys put down three of his cops in Apollo Square. I knew that'd give him enough of an excuse to come after me. The boys think I'm crazy, but sometimes a man's gotta go down guns blazing. I can't stay Fontaine forever. And I can't take over Rapture under my own steam. I need the people to take it for me. Fontaine has to die. But I'll still be here. <laughs> I'll still be here. Crikey, how many men do we have here? A lot of buggers for a raid, isn't it, Chief? We really need all these blokes? Yeah, and we got more moving in at the same time on Fontaine Futuristics. Boss's orders. Rapture may be a place full of poets, artists, and doctors, but Fontaine? He's got a whole piece of the city in his pocket ready to fight. So, where is Fontaine? If we want this raid to work, we better meet him personally. Word is... 
He'll be down in the fisheries. Maybe the wharf. Besides, this ain't just a raid. It's an all-out assault. Sullivan, just how planned is this? Remember the last time we tried to raid the sod? We probably should have planned this bloody assault out first. Oh, it's planned. Got two waves of men ready to go in at the signal. In position, Chief. Right. Wait until we move in, and I give the designation now. You ready on your end? Ready to hit Fontaine Fusion. God damn it! Don't say the name on the radio! Just... Never mind. Just count to 30, then take the initiative and hit him. We're moving ahead here. We've got to get back to the metro. Hurry! Somehow, I don't know exactly, me, Sullivan, and some of the boys made it out of there. Fontaine was dead, and we had escaped. But we weren't free. And for the first time since I'd come down to Rapture, I wondered if we ever truly would be. As long as Ryan was king. Richardson Revival Radio presents Bioshock, a radio drama. Part 1, The Rise of Rapture. Written and adapted by Spencer Richardson from the game franchise Bioshock and the novel Bioshock, Rapture, by John Shirley. Tonight's production featured the voice talents of Henry Steelhammer, Ryan Costello, Tyler Kubot, Nolan Kenmonth, Reese Breedle, Kyle Sanderson, Jacob Phillips, Amy Harper, Mig Windows, Rusty Yamamoto, Francis Rogers, Robin Fichter, Ian Boyd, and cameos by Spencer Richardson. Special thanks to the people at freesoundeffects.co.uk, Freesound, and Soundbible. Tonight's production was stage managed by Shane Munson-McGee and Cat Prime. Technical consideration by Kevin Burnett. Tune in soon for part two, coming later this year, and be sure to tune in to Raider Radio. Thank you, and good night.
Bioshock, a radio drama. Written and adapted by Spencer Richardson from the game franchise Bioshock and the novel Bioshock Rapture by John Shirley. Part 1. The Rise of Rapture. Friend Poseidon, come in. This is Poseidon. You're coming in clear. Commence radio transmission. This is the oceanic exploration vessel Triton. The time is 1700 sharp, August 1st, 1985. We are approaching coordinates 63 degrees 2 minutes north, 29 degrees 55 minutes west. We are somewhere in the middle of the North Atlantic. We are following the tidal patterns of some strange objects that washed up on Icelandic shores several weeks ago. We have followed a tentative path to their potential origin point. We are hoping to find more when out. Mick, come have a look at this. What the hell is this doing in the middle of the Atlantic? We'll need to wire the Poseidon immediately. Train Poseidon, come in. Amazing discovery. We have stumbled upon what appears to be some kind of lighthouse. What business it has being all the way out here is anyone's guess. It's in a word, breathtaking. Approximately 150 feet high with a large bronze winged figure at the top and several bronze figures at the base. Arms stretched upward, looking as if they were supporting the structure. We're going to anchor and take a closer look. More details to follow. Trying to Poseidon, this is all far more spectacular than anything we could have imagined. The entire lighthouse is constructed of polished granite, though it has since been weathered by the dilapidating force of ocean winds. There is a set of stairs winding up from a small, almost non-existent launch. The style of the architecture is reminiscent of art decoratif, with intricate inlays of bronze and gold in the details of the stone. We are now standing at a set of two huge bronze doors. They do not appear to be locked or barred in any way. The interior is dark. Stevenson has gone inside to investigate- Jesus Christ! Stevenson! What is it? Are you okay? Scared the ever-loving shit out of me. What? Oh. <laughs> Doesn't that just beat all? It's hard to discern much, but by the light coming through the open door, there appears to be a large bronze bust of a man. Stevenson, turn on the torch. Let's get a better look around. Righto. Huh. It appears that we are in some kind of atrium, almost like an observatory. The floor is marble, and the deco motif is consistent throughout. The floors are badly damaged and weathered, slick with seawater. What's this? There appears to be a banner on the ground. It reads, No gods or kings, only man. What does that mean? 
I don't know, Stevenson, but it's far more interesting than following a breadcrumb trail of flotsam. Let's see where these steps lead. We're descending a short staircase. Keep the light up, I want to see everything. That leads down into a small antechamber. There are several large bronze medallions lining the walls. In order, they read Industry, Art, Science. We seem to have hit a dead... What's this? You've got to be kidding me. Poseidon, this is truly amazing. There appears to be a small submergible craft, spherical in shape, roughly ten feet in diameter and with a hatch on the front. I can't say for sure, but we may have stumbled across some sort of abandoned marine research facility. If that's the case, they certainly have expensive taste. Stevenson, see if you can get the hatch open. Here, I'll hold the light. Get the hat. Excuse me? Are you suggesting we clamber into this rust bucket? Stevenson, just look at this place. What further secrets do you think it has to offer? Whatever secrets they are, they're clearly meant to remain as such. I don't think we should continue. This place has gone undiscovered for one reason or another, and if we do continue, we should return with more crew members and our own diving equipment. Not some crazy diving bell that looks like it's serviced from a Jules Verne novel. Stevenson? I'm only going to say this once, and remember that I'm doing so as your commanding superior. We came here to discover the origin of the artifacts we spent two weeks tracking. I don't know what you were expecting to find, but God knows we both weren't expecting this. And since we're here, we owe it to the scientific community and to mankind's innate sense of exploration to plunder whatever secrets this place has to offer. So I'm telling you, open the goddamn hatch. Yes, sir. The interior is lavishly furnished, though aged. It appears to be a transportation vehicle with a padded velvet bench running three-quarters of the interior circumference of the vessel. In the center is a sort of lever with some kind of electronic mechanism beneath. Stevenson and I are going to investigate further. Fucking hell. Stevenson? Yes, sir. We are now both seated in the interior of the vessel. Stevenson, close the hatch. Now, since there do not appear to be any directional controls in the vessel other than this lever, we can only guess that it moves downward and back up. Feel better, Stevenson? At least we won't stray far. Now we will have to end our radio communication here, as we may not be able to reach you from the depths. I will be switching over to a tape recording of our discoveries. Until we see you next, this is Triton to Poseidon. Over and out. This is Mick Reynolds with the exploration team Triton. We have ceased radio communication and will be making an audio log of our discoveries. We are sitting in a vessel that my companion Stevenson has informed me is known as a bathysphere, and we are about to depart to wherever it leads. Stevenson, please pull the lever. Yes, sir. are currently descending. We can see out of a small window in the hatch of the bathysphere. The art deco motif of the lighthouse we entered through continues even down here. According to markers on the wall of the shaft in front of us, we are currently at 10 fathoms, 18 fathoms, 26... What the hell? I am Andrew Ryan, and I'm here to ask you a question. 
Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? No, says the man in Washington, it belongs to the poor. No, says the man in the Vatican, it belongs to God. No, says the man in Moscow, it belongs to everyone. I rejected those answers. Instead, I chose something different. I chose the impossible. I chose rapture. This is remarkable. I can't even begin to describe. We are currently looking out of the small window, and the, it's astounding. It's fantastic. We are looking at an underwater metropolis. We have just come up over the edge of a continental shelf to this astounding reveal. This is no sunken acropolis of Greece either. This is Jesus. This is recent. The style of the buildings appeared as if someone had taken New York and submerged the whole damn city. Underwater skyscrapers all connected with a crisscrossing of glass-encased walkways. Neon signs and underwater spotlights dot the buildings. Stevenson, take the recorder, I might be sick. Jesus, not in here you aren't! It appears that the bathosphere is on some sort of automatic course. We seem to be approaching a building. There are neon arches above us that read, All good things of this earth flow into this city. We appear to be in some kind of landing center, like an underwater hub or terminal. Are you all right, Stevenson? I'm having a hard time digesting this, Mick. We'll need to exit the vessel to see more. Mick, I'm cold and wet, and now I don't even know where the hell we are. Please, can we just go back? Wait. Wait, what if this thing doesn't even go back? Come on, Stevenson. Take a deep breath and exit the bathosphere with me. I'm not going to leave you twisting in the wind. I can now confirm that we are in some sort of transportation hub. There are several departure boards suspended over a series of launches. They all read cancelled. On the opposite end, there is a large row of high windows offering a glimpse to the rest of the city. They are fairly filthy from algae and other forms of ocean growth, and it is hard to see much. The room we are in is not only deserted, but in a state of decay. This whole place looks deserted. Where are all the people? As Stevenson stated, it would appear that there are little to no forms of sentient life down here other than ourselves. These halls appear grand and opulent, with classic architecture and lofty ceiling, but everything is decayed, run down. Oh my god. There are dozens of abandoned suitcases littering the floor. Garbage is piled up in corners and there seems to be painted signs Rapture has fallen. Mick, just what the hell is going on here? Where are we? Rapture? It feels like the sunken city of Atlantis. Who is that Ryan person? Where are all the people? What happened here? Get a grip on yourself, Stevenson, for God's sake. I've just as much of an idea about what's happened here as you do. Which is to say, none. But if we explore a little further, we may just find out. 
Now we seem to be in some sort of welcome center. A sign to our left says Rapture Metro. The place is in ruins and looks wholly abandoned. Stevenson and I are going to look further and see if we can't find some clues as to what's happened here. Vic! Look over here! What do you make of this? I'll be! It looks like some sort of personal recording device, rather primitive compared to ours, but is it... Yes, it still seems functional. Just how do you get... My parents once told me, son, you're special. You were born to do great things. And you know what? They were right. My name is Bill McDonough, and I've left this audio diary along with the collected stories of the most prominent citizens of Rapture as a warning to anyone who might find themselves blindly stumbling into this sunken hell, this failed ambition. You've probably seen the face of Andrew Ryan by this point. Well, much like any story, it began with a man. A man, a lighthouse, and a dream of utopia. I met Mr. Ryan the day me and the lads were installing the plumbing in his Posh Park Avenue digs. Hello? Plumbing contractor. <clears throat> is that the other plumber, is it? Uh, yes, it is, sir. No need to shout into the intercom. The other two are already at work in the back. The main bathroom is through here. That's your destination, isn't it, Bill? The crapper. Though a fine one it may be, your destiny is to keep it in working order. Taxes are theft, Isley. What? No, no need. I fired her. I'm elevating someone from reception. No, I don't want anyone from accounting. People like that are too interested in my money. Sometimes I wonder if there is anyone I can trust. They'll not get a penny out of me more than is absolutely necessary, and if you can't see to it, then I'll find a lawyer who can. That must be Ryan himself. Didn't think he'd actually be in while we were doing the job. Didn't intend to startle you. Just curious how you're getting on. Getting on fine, sir. Be done here soon. Are those brass fittings? The general contractor had me put down for the tin fittings. Well, then I suppose it's him that'll be bailing out your loo once a fortnight. Tin and reliable, see? If it's price you're worried about, then I'll be picking up the cost of the brass. So, not to worry, squire. And why would you be doing that? Because, profit or not, no man bails water out of privies built by Bill McDonough. There you are. You mean, the job's done? I'll see how the other lads are getting on, but we should be done presently. Really? This is quite reasonable. You could have padded the bill, stretched your time. People assume they can take advantage of wealthy men. I believe in being paid, sir. Even being paid well. But being paid for the work that I do. I'd like to share something with you, Mr... McDonough. Bill McDonough. Well, Bill, a man must make of his life a ladder that he never ceases to climb. If you are not rising, you are slipping down the rungs. Absolutely, sir. That's why I came to the USA. 
Got myself an education in engineering. I'd like to make something of it here. Anyone can rise to the top. Yes and no. I believe there are certain men who have a drive about them. A drive that I sense you and I both share. We will be talking again soon, you and I. Good day, Bill. Good day, Mr. Ryan. Well, don't that just beat all. Yeah? This is Bill McDonough. Right enough. My name is Sullivan. Head of security for Andrew Ryan. Security? Look, mate, I ain't no crook if that's what they're saying. No, no, no. Nothing like that. I've been sent to track you down to offer you a job. What job? Well, if you wanted, Ryan wanted to offer you a position as his new general contractor. Starting immediately. Gorland, Boris, Winston, Moskowitz. Those are just some of the names I've gone by. And my own name, Frank, doesn't even seem to belong to me. But you gotta keep them guessing. That's what I always say. It was good this honest work up in New York being a grift man. I'd run this little hole-in-the-wall bar down by the docks with one ear to the ground, always listening for the next con. So you best believe that when I did some digging on this North Atlantic project that the poor soggy bastards who washed up in my place would talk about, I could smell the trail of dough that would lead me to the greatest con of my life. Some kind of treasure under the sea. This was gonna have to take some special kind of grift. Let's just think this through, Merton. You're telling me you got a job with the Seaworthy. Working as a steward on the North Atlantic Project, right? You're out there a month and a half, and you didn't see anything. Well, yeah, that's about the size of it. I mean, I did see them take some stuff, you, you, you know, under the water, but... But I didn't go down with it. I don't know what they're up to. I know what they're up to, in a general sort of way. They're building something. Something big. But I don't know what the angle is. Where the money's coming from. Did you see them bring anything up with them? Ore, gold, silver, oil? You're making it hard on me to find out what I want to know. I swear I didn't find anything else. I, I hardly let the galley on the ship. But, but, Frank... Uh, Fontaine, he, he might know something. Been supplying the outfit with fish. Frank Fontaine. Like from Fontaine Fisheries? I know him. Used to smuggle goods up from Cuba. Now he's delivering fish. You kidding me? That's what he said to me on the docks. 
says there's more money selling fish to Ryan and his outfit than he could ever make selling rum to all of New York. Ryan's got an army of starving workers out there in the middle of the ocean. <sighs> all right. All right, get out of here, Merton. So, Fontaine is who I gotta track down if I wanna get closer to Ryan. He's hiding something out there. And whatever he's got, I want it. And I'm gonna take it from him. My father and I fled the Bolsheviks. And where did we end up? The land of the free? This isn't the land it pretends to be. It's the land of the taxed. And it was his reluctance to pay taxes that put my father in jail. Every society on the surface of the earth is the same these days. But, Bill, suppose it were possible to... to leave the surface of the earth. Just for a time. Long enough for the fools to have destroyed themselves with their wars and hydrogen bombs. Leave it, sir? <laughs> don't look so astonished, Bill. I don't mean we're going to the moon. No, not up, but down. I have something to show you. Would you accompany me on a trip to Iceland? Iceland? Oh, just for the first leg. I'm going to show you a marvel taking shape southwest of there. And I promise you that you will be enraptured. I've never been one to take a shine to planes. I had my fair share of them during the war. But something about Mr. Ryan made you throw caution to the wind. If you ever found yourself doubting, he would flash this smile, all pensive-like. He was a man who radiated the stuff of greatness. But he treated you decent. I knew he was a man who was going to take me places. And I would follow him anywhere to those fantastic ends. doing all right, Bill? I'll be fine in a moment, Mr. Ryan. <clears throat> Not to worry. When you're ready, Bill, step into the after cabin. You certainly have a flair for the dramatic when the mood strikes you, don't you, Mr. Ryan? Indeed, Bill, and this is an occasion to exercise the dramatic in the fullest. Et voila! Cool. This is rapture. Yes. Lovely, isn't it? Quite rapturous-like. No, Bill. Rapture is the name of the city. What you see here is just the core. Uh, the downtown, if you will. And the foundations are already under construction. You're taking the piss! But it's true! It's being constructed in a part of the sea unplied by anyone else. Quite hidden. Quite secret. The architecture is quite glorious, isn't it? A small city hidden away under the ocean, miles to a side, with lots of open space inside it. Don't want claustrophobia, do we? Do you see in there, through that little window, 
That's going to be a park. A park under the sea. I call it Arcadia. We have a system in place that will provide the trees with reflected sunlight from the surface as well as electrical light. Arcadia will help provide oxygen for the city as well as a place for relaxation. Now here you can see... Gorland. Seems like every time I run into you, something goes wrong. How's that for a welcome? What about all the cash I made you on your last cargo? Your cut was nearly as big as mine, and all you did for it was run your mouth. You want the information or not? I got word that they're gonna wait till you head out, then raid you on the way back. They? They who? Why, no less than the Federal Bureau of Investigation. That's who. I... I don't believe you. Oh, they're raiding you all right. And they know Ryan's trying to hide something out there on his little project. What proof do you have that a raid's coming? Proof? How about, uh, carbon of the raiding order? Now... If you want, you can sell your boats to me and slink away to Cuba. Give them the slip. Huh. Maybe. It's true, I'm sick of being on those boats with all those dead fish. I would like to take an early retirement to Cuba. But I want a good price! Sure, I'll give you top money. And just why are you being so goddamn helpful, Gorland? It don't add up. It's you they're looking for, Fontaine. I play fisherman until the cops cool off, make some dough off Ryan, and have the trawlers the handbag once it's safe to smuggle again. Quid pro Bathyspheres? L like a diving bell? These are no ordinary bathyspheres, Bill. Never seen anything like them. Almost elegant-like. Now, Bill, are you ready to go below? I'm informed that the wind is dropping, and in an hour we'll be able to launch. Ready, Mr. Ryan. Always ready, me. all radio controlled. We don't have to do a thing. It follows a radio signal to the entrance shaft and uses turbine props. We have gone to great lengths to keep our discoveries to ourselves. I have found some of the most unusual, extraordinary, talented scientists in the world and in some very difficult spots. The hardest was this particularly peculiar but brilliant scientist by the name of Suchong. Ah! You can just see the foundations of rapture there. Oh, and let us have some appropriate music. Genius of the world. Just look at those structures soar. Even deep below the sea. Ironic, really. They're starting with cathedrals, then coming to build Rapture. 
But they say that Rapture will be a cathedral. Not to God, but to man, and to man's will. And how'd you get the foundations done? <laughs> Ever the engineer. We retrofitted my steamer to take cargo, brought the sinker out here where we assembled it, a huge submersible platform that we would lower to the ocean floor with the deep sea team and everything they needed. And over there, you can see the remnants of an ancient volcano core. That is a clue about Rapture's energy source. Ah, we've arrived. Come along, Bill. There is much to be done. Quid pro quo, all right. That was the key. Always make them think they're getting just as good a deal as you. <laughs> all it took was a well-forged scrap of paper and a convincing tone of voice, and I was one step closer to getting the Ryan. All I needed was one final touch. When I give you the signal, head due east. You got it, boss. Uh, call me Captain. I'm about to be one. Aye, aye. Captain. Colin! What's this I hear about you firing my crew? You're up to something, and this whole thing is starting to stink! <laughs> I'm surprised you can smell anything after hauling fish for so long. But, uh, come on down to the galley, and I'll explain. I got your money. There, Fontaine. Over in that briefcase. Count it, it's all there. Dead fish. Is this... Some kind of fucking joke, Gorland! I'm thinking of changing the name of this boat from Happy Drift to Happy Grift. Get it? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> what? What are you doing, Gorland? Let me go. Oh, I'll let you go, Captain. Come up on deck with me. We... Why are we out at sea? I'll tell you why. You haven't noticed how much you and I look alike, Frank. <laughs> look at that. We even got the same first name. Possibilities, Frank. Possibilities. I got a whole new concept. Identity theft. What do you think? <laughs> Sleep well, Captain. And long live the new Captain Frank Fontaine.
Are you tired of taxes, of bullying governments, of business regulations, unions, and people expecting a handout? Do you seek a new start? Have you the skill or ambition to become a pioneer? If you are receiving this, then you have already been selected to fill out an application for a new life in Rapture. This amazing enterprise will take emigration, but will only cost you sweat and determination to be a part of our new world. You are a believer of free enterprise, of competition, and carving your own path through the wilderness of the world. There is room for up to 20,000 pioneers just like you, so make haste and start your life anew. As I look out at this crowd today, I am filled with a great sense of pride. I look at all of your faces, and I see more than people. I see links. Links in a chain. The great chain of industry. It is a chain that unites us through the combination of our efforts. But it is only when we struggle in our own interests that the chain pulls us in the right direction. On the surface, the parasite expects the doctor to heal them for free, the farmer to feed them out of charity. And I ask you, what is the difference between a man and a parasite. A man builds, and a parasite asks, where's my share? A man creates, the parasite asks, what will our neighbors think? A man invents, the parasite says, watch out or you might tread on the toes of God. You are all here because, much like myself, you believe that a man is free to make his own way, to build, to create, and to invent. You are here because you are the best, the brightest, the driven. Here, there are no gods, no kings, only man. Here, rapture is yours. In rapture, we are joined by some of the world's most talented artists. People like Mr. Sander Cohen, a man who, on the surface, the parasite would call washed up, past his prime. But down here, he is only just realizing his musical genius. We are joined by some of the most brilliant scientists of our time, like Miss Julie Langford, who through her scientific know-how will bring forests to the bottom of the ocean. And doctors, like Dr. Yi Suchong, who is not limited by practices that the small-minded on the surface may impose on him for fear of their own petty morality. Yes, dear citizens, Rapture is a place where we can truly be free! And now, to commemorate this shining city is a performance by Mr. Sander Cohen himself. Well, Ellie, what do you think, eh? Bill, it's just wonderful. 
It may have been designed by the Wales brothers, but you made it a reality. You gave Ryan's vision life. Well, in a lot of ways, it certainly is Ryan's vision. <laughs> All those great lumen statues of him look like giant hood ornaments, though I'd never say it to his face. But I think we all have to admit, Rapture's unlike anything we've ever seen or dreamed of. It certainly is. And yet... What is it? It's just... As I look out on the faces in the crowd, I can't help but notice they look... Anxious. Tense. Almost like caged animals. Oh, they're just not used to their new surroundings. Remember, a lot of these sods are formerly moneyed knobs and high society types. Come down here looking for a new start. Some of them just didn't expect... this. And is it what you expected, Bill? There's bound to be growing pain, sure, but... As long as I'm with you, doesn't matter where we are. Growing pains. Yeah. By the time Rapture had opened, there were still projects they needed doing. There weren't enough maintenance workers, there were still heating ducts to be installed, there was slow seepage in some areas. But I came down here following a man who offered me so much more than I could have ever had upon the surface. I believed in Rapture, and I believed in Andrew Ryan. To the overseer of the undersea colony. The commerce between us has made me aware of your enterprise, and I have inferred something of its heroic scope. I have always yearned to be a frontiersman, and an appreciation for the mysteries of the deep draws me to offer you my services. I have a plan for harvesting fish underwater using modified submarines. Up above, this idea is dismissed as crackpot. I hope that you, clearly a forward thinker, will be more open-minded to this innovation and enterprise. Accordingly, I request your permission to relocate to your colony and develop my subaquatic fishery. Yours sincerely, Frank Fontaine. I take it that's you. That's me, Chief Sullivan. Owner and operator of Fontaine Fisheries. Seems as though you've caught the eye of Mr. Ryan. He's been watching your little startup on the surface here. Been watching how you've managed to build up your business, edge out the competition, do a good job supplying us. Well, thanks. But I- you're nosy. You've been asking too many questions about what's down below. I just want to make a name for myself. Make my way in rapture. We're aware of that, Fontaine. Ryan's read your letters. You know, once you go down, there's no coming back. You get it? There aren't many rules down there, but you staying put is one of them. You ready for that kind of commitment? All the way, Chief. Rapture may have been a place of few rules, but that didn't mean I found myself with idle time very often. See, for a guy down here, 
there was a difference between being a lawman and keeping things peaceable. But there were certain things Ryan wanted kept out of Rapture. We weren't strict on much, especially when it came to business, but when it came to things like smuggling and keeping this place a secret, well, let's just say we were pretty watertight. A Rapture reminder. Wanting an item from the surface is forgivable. Buying or smuggling one into Rapture is not. Stay on the level and out of trouble. Mr. Ryan, how are you, sir? Fontaine, you seem to be settling in here nicely. I like the fisheries sign. Neon brightens Rapture up. And the wharf you've constructed here is rather... quaint. I didn't think I'd see another boat after I left the surface. <laughs> Just enough of the surface to make the boys feel at home, if you get me. Quite. That's actually why I came down here today. I wanted to inspect your submarine vessels you use to fish. I like to keep tabs on these sorts of things. For a city that likes to keep the rules down, you sure have a lot of them. We have as many as we need. Rapture leaks enough. We want to make sure there's not too much coming in or slipping out. This place could prove to be a weak link in the Great Chain. We can't afford to have anything we don't approve of down here. No outside product, no religious articles, even outside ideas can prove to be dangerous contraband. Hmm. The most dangerous kind. I do wish you the best of business. Might feel more part of it all if I were part of the Rapture Council. Oh, I... Uh, Care for a smoke? Mm, no, thank you. I presume that's a rapture-made cigar. Hmm? And you presume the council is some grand and powerful force, when in reality it is little more than a loose commission meant to oversee enterprise and keep an eye on things without interfering. But I will take your request into consideration. Mr. Ryan liked to talk about choices. Elaine kept wondering if we had made the right one coming down here. I tried to assure that we had, but she still had her doubts. We were well on our way to expecting a new baby, so naturally she had concerns about raising her in such an untraditional place. I couldn't blame her. At a bit of a turn when we went to the doctors to check on the pregnancy. All the other places were booked that day, so Mr. Ryan got us in with this Suchong and his assistant, Tenenbaum. Oh, you would have thought they had gone to medical school at a butcher's shop, they were so informal. Poking and prodding a couple of ghoulish bastards, if you ask me. It didn't do much to reassure Elaine. I was uneasy with their bedside manner myself, but Suchong said Elaine was doing fine. All that aside, was there other practices that concerned me more? I'm telling you, Elaine, he was just lying there, in a case of water like a drowned man. 
all pale and white with tubes running in and out of him. And I overheard Su Chong arguing with Tenenbaum about how to get his body to fuse with metal. Ryan was telling them he needed a way to keep the workers in the water longer. I... I know we aren't supposed to be bound by morals here, but there are some things a man should and shouldn't be. And the thought of something more machine than man makes me feel ill. I know what you mean, Bill. It's funny. Rapture is quite different from the surface, but in other ways, it isn't. We came down here to bring only the best of the world with us. But maybe we brought some of the worst with us, too. Look around us. People are throwing their money away on booze and gambling like they did back in New York. Decadence here is almost worse than it was on the surface. Sweetie, Fort Frolic was built so the stiffs in Rapture could have a place to let their hair down. The worst always comes with the best, no matter where they go. It's just what happens when a place is settled with real people, love. Still, sometimes the work of great men comes at the cost of others. Are you alright, Bill? It's just... When we were building Rapture, I, I saw a lot of good men die. Some men boiled alive when we were assembling the heating dynamo in Hephaestus, then saw blighters frozen to death all on the same day. Men crushed by machinery and the pressure of the ocean depths. It still gives me nightmares sometimes. I'm sorry, Bill. I know it wasn't easy. But Rapture is our home now. And there isn't a person in this crowd who can't say they don't have you to thank. Chin up, love. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> now come on, we better get over to Fleet Hall if we want to catch that show. Thankfully it's a Cohen production, Sans Cohen. <laughs> At the German prison camp, they put me to work on genetic experiments on other prisoners. They call me Das Wunderkind, the Wonder Child. Germans. All they can think about is blue eyes and shape of forehead. All I care about is why is this one born strong and that one weak? This one smart, that one stupid. <sighs> All that killing. You think that Germans would have been interested in something useful? I was only 16 years old when I realized I have love for science. German doctor, he makes experiments, and sometimes he makes scientific error. I tell him of this error, and this makes him angry. He asks, how can a child know such a thing? I tell him sometimes, I just know. He screams at me, then why tell me? I tell him, if you're going to do such things, then at least you should do them properly. It reminds me of the Germans sometimes, this Suchong, always quick with the temper. I come to Rapture because I'm hoping that my love for science will not be looked down upon, and yet all of the respectable practices have turned me away. Now I have turned to Fontaine's smugglers in Port Neptune for supplies. Fontaine's men are pigs. They spit, they stink, but they deliver. They're all terrified of Fontaine. He also reminds me a bit of the Germans, so efficient. 
it would not surprise me if he were soon running things down here. Sorry, Doc. I don't got anything for you today. Boss has been keeping a tight fist on all our holes. Actually, I wanted to ask you about your hands. What about them? When I was down here last week, I noticed you cannot use them so well. They do not bend or articulate. That's right. Crippled them in the war. And yet, I see today you are hoisting cargo with use of both hands. Why is this? Did Suchong fix them? (laughs) Hardly. Bastard refused to work on me. It's actually the damnedest thing. A couple of days ago, me and the boys were sorting the hole when I noticed this weird-looking slug. Almost like a sea cucumber. But not like anything I'd ever seen in the ocean. I reached down to grab it, and the son of a bitch bit me! I didn't even know the damn things could bite. Well, my hands swelled up something bad that night, but the next day I could bend my fingers, just like normal again. Downright miracle is my best explanation. (laughs) Hardly. But this intrigues me. Do you think you could find another slug like the one that bit you? Another? Hell, I've got the same one that bit me. Been keeping it in a bucket of salt water in case one of you scientist types thought it was worth something. I am thinking you are more correct than you know. <laughs> <laughs>